Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Guess what? RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free. That's right. Free three-day shipping, over 75 bucks. That's why you guys should be shopping over there right now. But first, go to KieferInkTesting.com. Click on the homepage. There's a Rocky Mountain banner. Click on that. Continue to live your life. Do your shopping. And that helps me feed Aiden and Heather. That's specifically very important for me to go on KieferInkTesting.com and then go do your shopping because that helps me live my life the way I like to live it. Or actually, I should say how Heather likes to live it. So thank you guys for doing that. And, of course, FXRRacing.com. Use the code KKMX35. That's capital K, capital K, capital M, capital X, 35. I have to say that because you'd be surprised how many emails I get saying, the code doesn't work, Kiefer. I don't know what to do. So let's just help each other out. And I just did that for you guys right there. KKMX35 saves you 30%. And you can thank me later. June will be out. The new gear will be out in June. Little snippet. Of course, you guys know it's going to be white. But you guys don't know what's on the gear, and you don't know anything about the materials, which I'm going to be talking about to you guys in a podcast up and coming in June, so be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, Racetech, racetech racetech.com. You want to get some gold valves, you want your engine rebuilt, you want some new seals, bushings, whatever it is, go to racetech.com. Email me, chris at keferinktesting.com. I'll get you guys a discount code, and you guys can be down the trail or a motocross track with more comfort, more power, Racetech.com. Go visit them. All right. So, today, something a little bit different. We're on location. So, if it's a little bit different sounding, I apologize. But I'm with here with Robbie Mondi and Matt Pascal. And the reason why I brought these two together for you guys is because I'm entering the amateur world myself with my son, Aiden. I see a lot of trainers on the side of the track at Glen Helen, uh, State Fair, all these tracks in Southern California. So, I wanted to do a podcast because I get a lot of emails from people. How do I pick a trainer? Uh, do I need a trainer? Um, is the USMCA important? And so I wanted to create a podcast with you, Rob, because I'm in Colorado with my wife. Rob and Mondi, how are you? Good. How are you? So give us a little snippet of your background real quick for racing and just riding in general. So I've been racing since I was four years old. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did amateur stuff all up until I turned pro. Tried to do some nationals. Um, unsuccessful. Well, what's unsuccessful? Uh, didn't make didn't make the show. I mean, I showed up and tried, and I guess that was didn't make fast forty. You're saying didn't make fast forty. Got it. Um, found a passion for training. I was actually just training um out at a local track, and this little kid, uh, Brady Platt, came up to me, and he was just fascinated with dirt bikes. He didn't even have a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so started talking to his mom and, uh, they bought him a dirt bike and wanted me to start training him. So 
started training him, and then that led to other people seeing me train. Right. This is all track. locally, of course, right? All locally, yep. yep. Um, my second student ever was Jackson Pascal, who is now my full-time student. And your sole um, student? Sole student right now, yeah. Okay. Yep. So on the other side of me right here is Matt Pascal, which is Jackson's father. Matt, how are you doing, man? Chris, I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> I brought you in here because I think it's important to get the other side of it and uh, the parent side of it because let's face it, I, I'm not even a quarter of the way in like you are, and it's a lot of money. So I brought you in to talk about the dynamic of why a trainer, why Rob, what is involved in your past as far as like how you came up riding and why you think it's important for Jackson to have a trainer. So before we get to all that, though. Yeah. Give us some background on your motorcycling, I don't want to say career, but your experiences growing up. Yeah, so uh, this is, I've thought about this a little bit even before we started this conversation, and and it's going to be interesting how this goes, but so, (laughs) uh, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, dreaming about wanting to ride a motorcycle. I think probably there's a lot of dads out there that are in the same boat and never did, never did growing up. I remember, uh, I think I was 13 years old, we had a garage sale. Mm Mm-hmm. And my mom said I could, whatever, whatever I sold, I could keep the money for myself. Mm-hmm. And I sold literally everything I had, every toy, every GI Joe, AT-ATs from Star Wars. I don't know all my, all my crap, my bike, my BMX bike, high school neighbor kid knew a guy down the street, had a Hercules 250, which is this old Italian. I never even heard of that. Yeah. Right. Motorcycle with a giant sax motor, like the, you know, the old air cooled fins, like yeah. three inches wide. It was giant, ridiculous. So I bought it, rode it home, streets, no helmet. And I lived in a suburban suburban area right. in Denver, Colorado here, Arvada, just outside of Denver. And uh, parents wouldn't take me riding. that just sat in the garage. So when they were gone, I would just rip around the streets, go to local high school, rip around the track. Were they against you riding or they just didn't help you get to that? Yeah, n- I think they were against it. They were, I mean, my parents were a little bit checked out, mm-hmm. but they were, they were against it. I was going to get hurt, all that stuff. And then I think they just didn't take time for it. Right. So besides that, I spent, you know, every summer going to the motorcycle shops, drooling on everything I could find, played football through for 15 years, got, got a real job, real life, bought a trail bike, went riding with my oldest son. And we just kind of would go cruising around the trails here. When Jackson was four, bought him a PW mm-hmm. and, uh, Thought, well, let's just go out to the local track and he can ride around out back, right? Right. And ran into Rob. Rob was out there training another kid, and I, we just kind of struck up a conversation. And I said, well, what better than to have somebody that actually knows what they're doing? Right. Teach my kid the basics. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. Um, and, uh, and then here we are. So, okay, so this is great. Rob, you can always interject here. So my background in my life, so people that don't know, um, obviously grew up in the high desert. Dad was always working. Mom was disabled. Uh, so my extent of motorcycle training was riding by myself in the desert every day after school and hopefully getting cycle news on Tuesdays in the mailbox so I can look at photos and, of course, magazines. But that actually made me uh, – I had to venture out of my house to go get the magazines because my dad didn't have enough money to go subscribe. So then I would – beg and borrow and steal to go get some dirt riders and motocross actions at the local supermarket or whatever. So I never really had a chance to have a trainer. Now, fast forward into my professional career, which was short-lived, never had a trainer. I just rode with faster dudes all the time. But I always wanted one, and I always felt like I 
maybe could have been better if I had some better guidance from someone smarter than me at the time. Uh, so this leads me to now to I have Aiden. Luckily for Aiden, he has me where I've been through a lot of shit. So I feel like he maybe doesn't need a trainer, but now that I am seeing him and me butting heads a little bit more, I need to remove myself a little bit um, so he actually maybe will believe in some of the things I say without coming from my mouth, so to speak. So, so Rob, you're with Jackson now. Yep. And I guess maybe I should start here first. Before Rob even came, <coughs> Matt, yeah. you had another person with Jackson. No. No. No, it's so a mechanic. Mechanic. A mecha- that's what. Yeah. So yeah. So let's let let's run through the history real quick. So we ran into Rob that day. When how old were you? Probably nineteen. And how old yeah. are you now, Rob? Uh, thirty-two. Okay. And uh, so I hired Rob, like to give Jackson a couple lessons, mm-hmm. just basic stuff. And I don't even know, like. Three lessons in, he's like, this bike's too small for him. Imagine that, Jackson, <laughs> bike too small for him. It's always been a common um, occurrence there. Yeah, and uh, so we got him a like a like some kind of a KTM Junior off Craigslist, and Rob had talked to him about racing, and Jackson's like, let's let's go racing. Right. So from there, we, you know, it was dad and kid, and I'm learning as I go, which is a, that's a super, that's a whole nother podcast, like, Dudes that come into the sport that don't know what the fuck they're doing right. on 50s, like there needs to be a support system for that because there's so many hard lessons a guy has like, to learn. This is good. We can talk about that a little bit before we move on. Like, What do you <laughs> feel like someone maybe a little bit lesser of knowledge than yourself, what do you think that would be? Man, like even just like when you show up to the racetrack, how the race day goes and, right. what, and what to expect. And I think you know a guy like you, that I, I see a lot of parents that have raced before. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be more chill with their kids. They kind of ex- they understand how it goes, and it takes time, and that whole thing. Like for me, I was you know I think like most fifty dads, I was crazy. Like my kids gotta you know win everything right away. But and even like I didn't even know like when to change a when to change a chain, right. when to change a sprocket. I got a funny story. Um, yeah. Dirk Shaw. Yeah. Uh, his son Finn. They showed up to their first race, yeah. and uh, they they. Didn't know anything about it. So they pull up to the line for their first race, and uh, all the parents start lifting the back end and revving the bike, and <laughs> Dirk's like, what is going on What here? are they doing? Like, why uh, are they doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's super confused on that. And then uh, he goes out and races his race, and then they pack up, and they're like, that was awesome. That was fun. And everyone's like, you're not staying around for second motos? And he's like, what's what's a second moto? Like, he literally had no, no idea, idea how the day was supposed to go. And he so. didn't venture out to ask anybody? just wanted to do it by himself? Just, it yeah, I guess, yeah. So then they kind of figured it out, and now he's he's racing quite a bit now. So I guess yeah, would be, a, it's actually a kind of like a business idea, is like a consulting firm for people that are getting involved in racing. I guess that's kind of what you need because if you're not asking someone what's up or maybe you're too proud as a parent, I know there's plenty of you guys out there that are like that because I see you guys at the track. It's okay, and as us, as professionals of or veterans of the sport, we should be able to help those people. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I don't know what it's like in Colorado, but in California, those people that help are, are few and far between. Like yeah. they're, they're standoffish. They're not, oh, that guy doesn't know anything. Ha, 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 and they start talking shit about them. That's right. We need to be uh, more unified. Absolutely. You know? So um, what would you suggest if you're new to the sport, Rob, 
what would you, how would you do this? So if I was new to the sport, I mean, just kind of venture out at your local track and see kind of who's, who's doing training. Right. Um, and you know, the more, the more people you can talk to and figure out how this whole thing works, the better off you're going to be. Right. Um, and I, and, and my suggestion would be, and maybe did you get references from Rob or you just met him, met him and just believed in him right away? That's a good story. Okay, good. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. So I, I want to answer your question real quick though. Yeah. So what would I do? So I think it would be awesome if uh, God forbid one of our, one of our, you know, motocross industry companies put together even a real basic like ABCs of starting motocross and you could, and it could be given out to all the clubs and starting they could hand motocross it out. for dummies. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Like motocross for dummies. Maybe. Yeah. It's not a bad book, Kiefer. It's not a bad book. <laughs> so, all right. So anyway, um, and just and, and again, just ask people at the track, right? I think that's if if anybody that's new listening to this podcast, just walk up and ask somebody. Yes. M- most dudes, even if they look gnarly, they'll they'll help out. I mean, people people in this sport want other people to do good. And before you talk to me about the Rob story, please, if parents listening to this, or if you know some other parents that are new to the sport, or you have kids on 50s. That's okay. The dogs bark from Steve's all the time, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, if you have parents that you know that are, the kids are on 50s, please, for the love of God, keep the kids off of the practice track when other bigger bikes, more experienced riders are out there. This is Amen. something that I see so much at the track, and I've had experiences with, and the kids, it's not the kid's fault. He doesn't know how to get up the hill. He can't go over the jump. He's all over the place. And the parent is putting the trust in the other people around your child, yeah, which move. you have no idea. A novice guy that works nine to five that's riding one time a fucking month. That's right. His arm pump, and he lands on your child. Like, tracks need to observe this, have their own practices for that for those type of children, or pull your kid off the fucking track and go somewhere else before you do that. Let the kid... Get some experience before you stick them on a main track. Yeah, absolutely. So, any experiences with that, Rob? Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen, a, I've you see it all the time. Like right. you're at the track, and I usually try to pull pull them off and say, "Hey, man, like there's another track over there that would probably be more suited for you, mm-hmm. um, just for safety reasons." Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I how many. How many friends do we have that the kids have been landed on? And yeah, yeah, we've got. I mean, we got a good friend that <coughs> was was landed on at a, a local track here. He was on a small bike. He was on a sixty five. He's a good rider. The guy that landed on him was a good rider. Doesn't matter. Just shit happens. It shit happens. But when you're you're talking about five hundred pounds, mm-hmm. five hundred pounds on a, a full size dirt bike with a full size dude, right? Four hundred fifty, five hundred pounds, or you're you're talking about a little kid on a tiny bike. I mean, you're going to lose every fucking time. Right. And so we've seen kids, you know, degloved. One kid doesn't, he has no use of his finger anymore. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And I think that goes back to not just being smart as a parent and where your kids should be, but also talking to the tracks and saying, hey, listen, do you mind splitting practice? Right. Tracks are about money. There's no question about it. That's just how it goes. But at, at a certain point, we are responsible for our children and those around us. And you need to take initiative. Absolutely. So how did you meet Rob? Okay, so again, at the track, met Rob, hired him to give my kid a couple lessons. Um, he did a great job. But you, you asked, uh, I, I don't know how, what, what the question was, but you like asked. How did you know that's the guy you wanted yeah, to go yeah, with? Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So this is no shit. Like the first three or four times, I, I literally in the back of my head, I'm like, well, this is one of two things. Uh-huh. Either this is just like one of the sweetest, like good, best hearted people I've ever met. Or, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Or he's a pedophile. Yeah. And he's working, and he's working this trying to get. He's working the streets. He's right working here. the streets right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Poor Rob. So I, you know, but that's, dude, that is no bullshit because yeah. there is not. Many people that are no. genuine and nice. You think this dude has an agenda? That's right. Yeah. No, he's no, he's a great. I mean, listen, you know, jump forward a few years, and I, you know, he's one of the only people in the world besides myself or my wife that I would trust to send my kid out to a motorcycle race with, Correct. right, and not actually be there. So, obviously, he's uh, he's earned his stripes. He's proven. Yeah. He's proven he's not a pedophile. Yes. I'm not a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that little asterisk next to your name yeah, on the yeah, USMC yeah. Uh, uh, no. you know, trainers list there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so I've kind of got the background now. I'm going to ask you, Rob. For people that are listening to this podcast, it's expensive, right? Absolutely. To have a trainer. Yep. Um, like I said at the top of the show, <clears throat> they're a dime a dozen in California, man. And here's my thing, and I want to give you my spiel about trainers. And, tra- and Travis Preston, me and him are kind of similar in this, this, this scenario. I feel like if you're going to choose a trainer out there, pick a, a trainer that actually at least rides for me. Yeah. I w- maybe if the, the trainer doesn't ride every day with your, you know, the, the school, but know if the guy can ride. Because there is plenty of people <laughs> out there on the side of the track, and I've been around a little while. I've never seen that motherfucker ever in my life. And I'm like, that dude's training someone. I've never seen him on a bike. Never seen it. Yep. And they're ch- teaching these people techniques, you know, loosely, air quotes. Yep. Um, how to ride a motorcycle. So where do you stand with riding with your with jacks or, you know, just in general, should these trainers be riding currently? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh the more you can ride, the more you can kind of give feedback to the the kids, and uh, you got to be a student of the sport. Right. So if you're just out saying do this, do this, do this, and you have no idea why, maybe you've watched it on YouTube or something. Um, there's a lot of trainers out there that just learn from YouTube. Right. But again, I think the experience and <clears throat> knowing how long they've been in the sport too is a big deal. Right. right. Like people who have been doing it since, you know, day one, mm-hmm. they're going to know, they're going to know so much more than Joe Schmo who just started the C class. Did you have a trainer growing up when you were racing? So I didn't, but my dad, my dad rode growing up. Okay. Um, and then I had two brothers that we just trained together and rode together. Um, and then, uh, a local pro, Matt Carlson, I always really looked up to him. I took a couple lessons from him uh-huh. too. Um, but again, I was just really like growing up, all I ever wanted to do was ride my dirt bike and that's all I ever focused on. And, um, again, I was a student of the sport. Like I, I would, I was the same as you, like getting, getting the magazines and checking out technique and that kind of stuff. That's kind of how I really did my stuff. So when people are asking me, and now this is your chance to tell them, why do you need a trainer? Why do some of these people out there that I shouldn't say people, kids, Vet riders, why new to the sport? Why do they need a trainer in the, in their realm to keep them safe? Big biggest reason is the safety. Like there's <clears throat> there's so many simple techniques that people don't really comprehend. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and if they go out, there's a high likelihood of them getting hurt. And then another big thing is just teaching proper track etiquette. Um, if, if you show up and again, you're, you're just the kind of a Joe Schmo that's hasn't been riding for very long right? and you go on the track and then all of a sudden you just want to pull off. Like I see that all the time. People just pull them off Scared. in front of people. Yeah. Oh, pulling off from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just no kind of, hey, I'm getting off the track. So teaching proper track etiquette and then, you know, just a, a broader perspective of the sport and what you're getting into. Um, you know, you can give so much information on this stuff, whether it's fitness, uh, nutrition, bike setup, all that stuff. Because, again, the people that are just getting into the sport, they don't really know how to work on their bikes and right. all that too. So if you can say, hey, like you're – chains about to fall off or something something like that like that's that's a huge help i also want to address too like for me having a trainer there's so many little things that go on when you ride a dirt bike that i don't talk about you don't talk about maybe you do but that's what i'm trying to see like when you start the sport foot placement Mm -hmm. breathing how to hold your arms there's so many little things that go on and there's hundreds of those things that happen during one lap yes and if you do not know these things dude it is a hazard on the track huge hazard so for for me and and you guys listen to this if you have i'm going to talk about the money situation but if you have a little bit of money to spend to gain some knowledge to be safer to me that is worth it yep um I don't know how many times I've seen guys get tired and they can't feel their arms or they got arm pump or something and they remain out on the track and they get whiskey throttle and launch off a berm and get hurt or hurt someone else. Um, things like that. Things that are like, oh, man, I got arm pump. Yeah, dude, you got to calm down. Maybe go in, calm your arms down, then come back out. Um, I also see guys that hop on the track, just like you said, and are so scared because – they're looking back. They're looking back. There's people blowing by them. They just get off the track and they lose interest in our sport because they're like, dude, it's a ama- it's chaos. Out Too there. scary. Yeah. yeah. So, in order to teach someone to hold their line, um, you don't have to worry about that so much as as a faster guy because if the guy holds his line, you can find a way around him. Yep. It's the guys who swap around and do these things. So, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about you know getting a training you haven't done so yet i would say i would recommend it even though i've never come from that background but i have been a part of it for so long that i just see there's so many things that are not done right if you don't have the knowledge and the sport has evolved so much right. so you know the it's definitely a little bit bigger than it used to be there's a lot of faster people going the bikes are faster so the risk is a lot higher so i think the more the more knowledge you can have and you can bring to the track, the better off you're going to be. Um, the money side of things. So I, I, I know what these trainers in California charge these people. Yep. Uh, what is the normal rate? Because I don't know this, but for people listening, they're not getting gouged. What would you charge someone and how many hours a day is proper you know, etiquette to train someone? Like, I don't know that. So it really depends for me... Um, I do two hour sessions. Okay. Um, and why only two hours? Because anything more than two hours, your brain's fried. Typically it's two hours of riding is a lot more than people think. Right. And we go, we go pretty hard for two hours. Right. Um, and so just 
you know, if you if you have a two hour window, you can fit as much in as you can in that two hour window. They might retain they might retain fifteen minutes of it. That's true. I never thought about that. Yeah. So it's so uh, you're downloading a lot of information. Yep. And they need to digest it. Yep. Right. And if you know, like, if you know people are, are pretty committed and they're going to do quite a few lessons, typically you slow it down a little bit and right. say, hey, like, this yep. is what we're going to work on today. This is all we're going to work on today because this is the first piece of the puzzle. Um, Typical two-hour session is? I, I do, so private, I do 65 an hour. Okay. And then for, like, a small group, I'll do uh, 50 an hour. Okay. And to me, that is way less than what I see in California. Mm. And it probably is. And and for people that are less skilled than you and not USMCA members, I'm just like, people are dumping their money the wrong way. Yep. So USMCA, you're a part of that. Yes. Give people the background on some of that because I guess I've heard a lot of it from watching Supercross. You know, they talk about it a lot on, on the, the daytime program they do before the races. And so what's the benefit for people looking up a coach online at this website? So USMCA has uh, basic guidelines. Um, they go through and they teach you proper track etiquette that they want to be taught, um, specific skills that they want to be taught. All the trainers are CPR certified. Um, and then they kind of teach you just general uh, first aid kind of stuff too. Uh-huh. So um, I think it's a good kind of safety thing for uh, each each rider. Um, and then people who are taking the time to do this are typically the, mo- the more um, dedicated to the sport right. and dedicated to their training. Mm-hmm. So they're not just like, hey, I'm going to go earn earn a couple bucks this weekend mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, before I get to Matt, I wanted, I don't know if you saw this, and maybe you have. There's a guy that passed away at Glen Helen um, a couple months ago. And Rhino went online and said, and not directly to this guy, but in a more general sense, people spend money on their bikes. They don't spend money on themselves for proper coaching things that they need, but they'll go buy the latest fucking muffler for their brand new motorcycle that they can't control. And he was pissed off about it. And I understood what he was saying. It wasn't the proper time. Yep. But where do you stand with that? I I agree. I mean, I think again, like these bikes are so fast and if you don't know how to control it properly, it's going to bite you eventually. Right. So, um, I think your money is well spent going to a trainer. Right. For sure. I just feel like he, he kind of resonated with me a little bit because I'm in that realm of, you know, I test, I have this media site, and I'm telling people what they should buy. But yet I never talk about mm. training. Yeah. I never talk about the other side of it, right? No, and listen, I mean, we've all <laughs> been to races where you've seen some dude right. pull up on a bike that's two years old, a little bit haggard, and just goes out and wastes everybody else because his skills are tight. Yeah. Right? He's a better rider even though he doesn't have the best bike. Right. And now you see a lot of guys at the track with bitchin' bikes thinking they're going to haul ass. Looking sharp, and you, kits. And they get on the, tr- the track, you're like, oh, man, homeboy is not good That's at all. That's right. Yeah. That's real. So Yeah, uh, the people out there that are, like, you're cringing watching, they're, they're the ones that need to just take a step back and get some training. Right. For sure. Matt, on your side of things, being the dad of a 16-year-old, yeah, uh, he wants to do this as his job. Yep. This is always fascinating to me because <laughs> I go to these tracks on a Thursday. There's 250 people there. 
forty uh, percent of those have tr- trainers, have mom and dad there, um, or if mom and dad isn't there, there's two or three guys around him. Got new shit. There's a lot of money going around in our sport. Yeah, man. Um, you spend a lot of money in our sport. Yeah, man. Um, what? I guess I want to. I just want to talk about what's. What do you see for Jackson? Jackson's 16. He wants to do this. Why are you all in? And and when I say all in, people, yeah, yeah. okay. So you spend your time at work, and you fly from work to Jackson's races that are not. They're not in state. Right. Uh, Jackson's racing two, three times a month. Um, you're traveling to Florida, you're going to Loretta's, you're going to Ponca, you're doing all these. Rob's with you. Yep. Um, how do you balance all of this? And where do you, do you think your money is getting spent wisely for a 16-year-old boy that is in a sport that's heavily dangerous? So, yeah, that's a lot, man. So, and and the the answer is never the same answer depending on the day, right? If Jackson's hurt, mm-hmm. if life's crazy, you know those those answers always change. But so uh, it's interesting. There's uh, he has a passion for it. Um, we're we're uh, I don't even know how many years in we are. We're uh, fucking twelve twelve years in riding. He's twenty two broken bones. I don't even know how many surgeries he's had and metal in his body and. You know, there's you talk about the guy at Glen Helen, and you know we all know st- horrible stories, right? right? And as a parent, you you look back and you're like, what am I like? What am I? Doing? Am I doing the right thing? What am I doing here? Yeah, right. So the answer, I think the the overall answer is um, it's a it's a personal decision, and it's a, really bigger than that. It's a family decision, right? So um, Jackson loves it; he has a passion for it. I'm. I'm a, I think you and I are a little bit alike. I'm a hard ass. Mm-hmm. And so if he doesn't put up, then he, we're not going to be doing this. But he, I tell people all the time, he works harder at riding motocross than I've ever worked anything in my life. Mm. So uh, it's hard as a parent if you have the ability to not support that, right? right. Like, so that, that's at the end of the day, you know, when, when Steph and I, my wife and I talk about it and we're like, are we doing the right thing? And we have those conversations, you know, I'm sure just like you and Heather do, mm. you know. That, that's what it boils down to, right? Is is he a good person, right? Is the family life solid? He's a good person. You know, he's doing the right things. He's working his ass off. Um, he doesn't give up. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else we want out of our kid, right? So then, you know, the balance is that there's 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 work on the balance side, right? We have a we have a teenage daughter, so you know, we got to spend time at home with her. We need to spend time as a family. Um, and that's one of the reasons I fly back and forth so I can, I can spend more time with the family. I can spend more time with work. That is why Rob works for us full time Mm -hmm. so that I can do that. I mean, that was a, I think in 17, our first run at Loretta's, um, I took so much time off and I realized that if I wanted to find success in my business that I couldn't do that anymore. So we had to do something different. And that's when we started going with full-time trainers. Um, but, uh, so I think in the money thing, I thought actually when you when you talked to me about doing this podcast, I thought about this a lot today. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend as much money as I do, right. right? And you can still do this. But I would say if you're making sacrifice as a parent, if you're making sacrifices to race motocross that you don't want to make, which is there's two it's two different things, right? When you're making a sacrifice that you don't want to make because it's the thing that's going to get your kid to the next level. Right. It's a mistake. Okay. 
if you're making a sacrifice because you want this for your kid and whatever happens, happens, that's it. You know, the family makes that sacrifice. That's what it is. Right. Right. And we're fortunate, you know, we're doing well. Business is good. It's, it's not as much of a sacrifice for us as it is a lot of people, but this is a tough sport. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I would say as a parent, I've seen, we've seen a lot of people go through this sport. I'm sure you have too. And they burn every dollar they have. They'd like to count on both ends. and Both ends, man. Yeah. And then, you know, the time comes to go to the show and there's no, there's no ticket to the show. Right. Right. And then they've, they look back at it and they're like, fuck, we lost our house. You know, we didn't have cars. We didn't ever go on a vacation. Right. And all that. Not, not worth it for sure. So that's, that's my perspective on the, on the money and the decision. It's, and it's, everybody's different, right? Each right. situation. And the a scales different. are obviously different. Like you said, like that's right. they don't have to go as much as you. No. I mean, <laughs> like I don't even like you're in. Okay. And yeah. me and you laugh about yeah, this yeah. because yeah. I mean, I've been in the sport a long time and I'm in it and I don't go as hard as you. Yeah. I just like, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not traveling that race. <laughs> Whatever. Like, you, you, listen, I'll talk. You say that oh, now. Oh you've, you're, you've barely been in this a year with, uh, with oh. a hardcore amateur. We'll see. I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll I see. need a Rob in yeah, California. We'll yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll race Rider D. <laughs> uh, man, so to, to, I wanted to bring this up, too. I thought about this on the drive over, just like you do. I'm mm-hmm. a thinker when I drive, mm-hmm. okay? How much of it, and give me a percentage pie here. Okay. How much of you hiring Rob for Jackson is a good person versus how good he is on a dirt bike and how much knowledge he ha- has behind that? Because here's what, and here's my theory on this, and you can yeah. tell me. I have to have a trainer, obviously, and when I use the word trainer with Rob, he is there. He's the mechanic. He helps Jackson. He's all of it. He's all of it, right? Yeah. So, and if you're listening to this, and, and maybe the trainer definition isn't, like Rob, because Rob, I feel like, is a unicorn. Yep. It's very rare to get those kind of people. Yep. But a trainer could just be, hey, I'm here to train you two hours. Here's what you do, and that's it. But I've seen relationships blossom from just a two-hour training camp because the student and the trainer bond. So I feel like there has to have some kind of bond, human-to-human human level. Yeah, man. Okay. You, you listen, you talk about this all the time, home life, yes. right? So it, 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 it's, it's all important. And... I made a couple of notes because you were talking to Rob earlier and, you know, how to pick a trainer. So one, one of the things, I think there's two, you know, as I look back at it and I've looked at our kind of our history, there's two, there's kind of two different roles that a trainer plays mm-hmm. in, a, in a person's life. So when you're first starting at this or you want to get better, having a trainer to work for a couple hours with you, give you some pointers, kind of help you get through it, even build those foundational principles is super important. It's also important to change it up. Don't go to just one trainer. Just because so-and-so says it's, this is the guy, mm-hmm. you shouldn't just go to that guy. That's a good point. You should, you know, go like, you don't, the first girl you Different date. flavor. First girl you date, you don't right. stay with her forever. Right. Very often, unless you're Rob. Right. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you are a unicorn, dude. Like, that shit doesn't happen. That's a whole other podcast yeah, we could start. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and, and, and I say that because it's less about, like, there's a lot of dudes that know the basics, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of dudes that are good writers, but it's how, like, we all communicate and learn differently. So how that trainer works with your your rider is really important, and that and that bond, you were just talking about it. So... And that's even in the beginning. And then later, you know, if you do get to the this, this stage where you're like, man, I want to, you know, we're going to take a shot at this. And then you've got that person with your child. Yes. More than you're with that child. Yes. <clears throat> it, it's way more important. 
Because even at the level that Jackson's at, I mean, and Rob and I have talked about this, he's surpassed Rob's skill set, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the moto, the actual moto training is less important. It's more like Rob can see something that he's doing or not doing mm-hmm. and pick it out, and, he, and Jackson trusts him, right? Because he knows Rob has his best interests at right. heart. And that relationship at this level is more important than the actual moto side. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. That's what I always wanted because I feel like if I had a trainer – I need to um, have some kind of engagement or some kind of a connection with him, whether it be a two-hour block or it be a five-day-a-week thing like you're, you're doing or seven-day-a-week. Yep. You know, I need to feel something from that end to accept what he's telling me. That's right. You know, That's uh, right. kind of like, like your father. Like, hey, if I tell Aiden something, he knows I'm not bullshitting him most of the time. Right. But he trusts in me to do that. And I feel like that kind of fatherly bond needs to happen in a trainer. Yep. You agree? I agree. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I, I, I wrote down here, too, in that second stage, and you were just talking about this when you started this podcast, that initial trainer position is kind of a supplement mm-hmm. for the stuff, like maybe stuff you don't know. As For me, like if I, like when I originally hired Rob, it was supplement stuff I don't know, right? So much of anything we do, whether it's moto, football, it's all the same, right? Success is born from the same basic principles, right? Mm-hmm. So I can teach a lot of that to my son. I don't know the, the details of riding a motorcycle, but the success portion I get, right? Hard work, you know, focus, all that stuff. And later, when, it, when he's doing what he's doing now, um, and we become asshole dads and our kids are little morons and they know everything, <laughs> it's important to have a buffer. Yes. Right? Because yeah. at a certain point, the kid doesn't listen to the dad anymore. Absolutely. Right? And that's, that's where Rob has been a tremendous you know, we'll have side conversations and I won't say anything to Jackson and he'll say it and Jackson will be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. If I'd have said it, he'd have been, rolled his eyes right. and walked away like, I don't know, this fucking guy, what's he know? He yes. played football. He's a moron. <laughs> yeah. I'm in that stage with Aiden where uh, even though he can see that I can still ride, I've been in the sport, he, uh, he won't, he'll just kind of roll his eyes and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But this is where I'm at, and this is what spawned this whole idea to do this podcast, is I need to think outside the box and say, okay, you're going to go with so-and-so yep. for a little while just to see what that can bring you, right? Yep. Um, the hard part for me is, and we've talked about this as well, is trusting that person. That's it. So I love my family just as much as you do, and I don't know who I would trust to take Aiden, besides you guys, and obviously we're in California, you're in Colorado. Right who I trust taking Aiden to be like, okay, man, he's going to be good for a couple of days or a week or whatever, how long he's gone. Right. Um, so if you're, if you're listening to this, you got to have some kind of connection, do some research on the trainer, um, ask around. If, if other people have trained with this guy, ask him how he was. I don't think there's like a, a Yelp review on fucking trainers. There's not. <laughs> there's an app for you, Rob. <laughs> I think a it's fucking... a, Facebook or Instagram, right? That's the, yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, I need to figure that out and know when to kind of back out of it. Cause I think I'm at that point right now. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, man. Like what you just said, like, I can't even imagine being a parent. Like if we hadn't had a, I mean, Rob's part of the family, mm-hmm. right? Like if we ha- didn't have a relationship with Rob that we had for so many years, I, I can't imagine like, okay, now, like we did have a, we did have, uh, a kid that, that mot- that was a mechanic for, you know, uh, a pro rider. He's yeah. a pro rider now. And he was a mechanic for him and he came and worked for us. He was a five day a week, seven day a week dude for 
a year, maybe mm-hmm. a year and a half. But I, I never like just said, okay, you guys go race. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not I, that level. I wasn't there. Yeah. Right. I ha- I still had to be there to make sure, you know, something went wrong. I'm dad's there whatever. I, I don't feel that way with Rob. Like I, I trust Rob, but it takes, even if you hire somebody to do that, it's going to take a year or two maybe mm-hmm. to work with them, ride with them. Right. You know, make sure they're not doing stupid shit too. Yep. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper 8 and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com Let's get into this T-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. (laughs) ScreenPrintingDone.com You an older dude looking to race some races, maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January, so check them out. OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com, 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is, they even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-engineering.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars? You don't want a crossbar? ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The race cut grips. Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. 
And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyforink testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? Pro Taper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon. PowerMotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. testing gives the best deals possible and so do power motorsports hit them up powermotorsports.com okay so we kind of covered some training aspects i got something too yeah go ahead so <clears throat> with trainers out there too this is something that i kind of struggled with but um when you have these kids that you're training for a long time eventually they're going to start plateauing of it you know just certain certain aspects so it's okay for your riders to go train with other people. So you don't get butt hurt. No, no, no. I, I, so for a little bit, I did. <laughs> okay, you know, because it was more. It was more. <laughs> it was more of like um, just that. Like I, I'm not doing good I enough, have, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have I have these relationships with these people, and it, you know, my mind went to I'm going to lose these relationships with people because they're going to go train with other other people. Right. But you know the. Just having more people kind of explain things a little bit differently is is a huge help. It really is, and uh, I think as a trainer, you got to recognize when when that happens, and and even seek out like, hey, why don't you go try so and so for for a bit? Because I I know a lot of trainers that I would trust Jackson working with, or mm-hmm. you know uh, other students working with. Um, but again, like you. As a trainer, you can't get mad at the students if they want to go train with somebody else. Right. At the at the end of the day, if the tra- like as a parent, if you're looking for a trainer, the trainer's goal should be the best interest of your kid, your rider. Right. Not, Absolutely. Not how much money they're making. And if they get butt hurt because you want to, you know, go check something out, then you might have a problem there. Right. To begin with. I mean, honestly, Chris, you know, as, as Rob said that, I mean, when we're incredibly fortunate to have Jack go out and spend some time with you guys, just having that whole different view and, and look at things has been a game changer for him. Absolutely. Things for, up for all of us. Yeah, it really good. has. I think, too, like for me, there's a, there's a saying in our testing world is you're only as good as what you try. Yep. Yeah. So if you're locked into one trail, there could be other trails that lead you somewhere that you would never be able to get to because you're stuck on this one, right? Yeah. 
So, honestly, like I agree with you, but I don't know how many other trainers would. <laughs> it's it's their business, right? You know, like yeah. they they're out to make money on this, and uh, I get that aspect of it. But at the same time, your interest should be where where your your rider is, right? And if they venture out, you know, eventually they'll probably end back end up back with you. I mean, I have I have kids that go train down in Texas for a little bit, but when they're home, they come train with me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of cool too. Like for me, I I would see like if I went somewhere else and I was training with you and I went somewhere else, that guy could explain something different absolutely. to me. It could be the same thing. But then I would flash back and be like, oh, what Rob is making sense to me. I understand what he's saying. So yep. it's kind of like a blending together. And, yep. and that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, and then I'll, I'll always ask people, all right, what did you guys talk about? You know, and if they're like, well, he explained it this way. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense, you know. And right. I think we can, as trainers, we can all learn from each other too. Yeah. It's, you know, your way is not the, the only way. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as training goes. Do you do you still do that yourself? Like, do you still practice what you preach? Do you still think about that kind of stuff? Yeah, so a little bit less um, since I had twins. Yep. Um, my life has <laughs> been, <laughs> uh, been a little crazy since that happened. But, um, I mean, we'll go, we'll go train out at Red Rocks once a week, and I try to keep up with them, and um, I'll go do motos with them. Um, so yeah, I definitely try to keep up as much as possible. There's days where I'm just so run down from, you know, babies and working and, um, listen, Rob's legit there, you know, for anybody that has kids, but you know, that first, like that pregnancy portion and that first, first, at least six months, it's, it's, um, it's gnarly. It's gnarly. And he, you know, and men aren't built for that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Men aren't built for the first year of a child's life. Like it is gnarly. Just parasites. Maybe Rob only. Life sucking. Rob seems to enjoy it. (laughs) Me and you are like, hell no. 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 I've always enjoyed suffering. (laughs) No, but he, like Rob has done a really good job. I mean, for sure, before kids, like this was everything, you know, it was his wife and, and this was his life. But, and he's, he's done a good job of finding, finding the medium, but he stays like he's fit. Yeah. He works hard. He goes out and rides. All of it. And these are the things. And these are the. Re- this is the reason why I brought you guys in here because I believe in that same um, aspect of trainers. Don't get some. Uh, I kind of want to say this, some people p- piss people off. Don't get some two hundred fifty pound dude out there with the belly and his sh- fucking belly's hanging out of your shirt. And your That's train. right. I'm not listening to you. That's right. You're telling me what to do. You're not doing it. Like okay. If you're retired and you're not riding now, but at least I know you had some prior experience and I've seen it, I can respect that and I will do that. Yep. So for me, get a trainer that has some experience, that looks the part, you've seen the guy ride, yep. there's some proof there that the guy can ride because you'd be surprised how many smoke and mirror dudes are out there. And maybe I'm just blind. I'm in California and that's all I see. But I, I mean, I've been to other spots. I'm like, I do trains, and I'd look them up. I have no idea who that is. Yep. So do yep. some research. Help yourself out. Help your child out. Or if you're a vet dude wanting to learn, look some stuff up. Do some research. The Internet is a wonderful thing, people. You'd be surprised on what you find. Like, Google the guy's name. If you see nothing dirt bike related, chances are he may not know what the hell he's talking about. There, so. There's even, like, you know, one of the things that w- we've done here is – fast dude like find the fast local fast dude right maybe in the 25 plus class 
and walk up to him and be like, hey, man, you mind spending a couple hours with my kid every once in a while? Right. Right. He obviously knows what he's doing. Right. Right. If he's a, if he's a goon, you know, personality-wise, you'll know right away, well, you spend a little bit of money. You burn two hours of your life, like whatever. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, if he's fast, he's probably got some good pointers. Right. Um, little, I wanted to touch on the amateur world. <laughs> how long? Okay, Jackson, sixteen. Yeah. What is the long term plan here? Because I'm wondering this myself. Okay, because I'm in it just like you are. Aiden's fifteen. Uh, we have a little bit more uh, forgiveness, I like to say, because obviously we get stuff handed to us, so yep. we don't have to purchase a lot of things like you do. Yeah. But how long do we give our kids? Like, are we yeah, fucking? Are we pushing them when they're twenty three? Yeah, man. 23 years old, we can do it still. Like, where are we at? Negative. So it's funny that you asked that because, I, honestly, one of the things I wanted to sit down and talk to you about when you came out here was this exact <laughs> Let's question. Let's do it like, here. Like, where's your head at on this, Chris? <laughs> Let's do like, it here. I, you know, I lean on you for a lot of this too, right? So so I think it's, I, I think it's that, you know, and, every, and again, everybody's a little bit yes, different, right? absolutely. But I think it's that late teen, that 18, 19, I think, you know, you're either – you're either there or you're not, right. I think, at that age, right? Yeah. You know, some kids develop earlier. Some kids develop a little later. And, you know, everybody's got different circumstances. Jackson grew nine inches last year and broke every corner in his body, and we didn't have great results. This right. year, he's, and he went from a super mini, basically, to a 250, right. right? And we're already seeing success. So, but it's 16, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Jet Lawrence is 17, mm-hmm. went in National Motors, right. Motos, yeah. right? It's not... Everybody's different. It's not everything's not apples to apples. That's right. Yeah. So, so I think in my in my head, um, I, you know, I'm kind of wanting him to go to college because then I'd save some money. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, and that's part of it too, right? And we he we we've talked about that. That's a father son conversation, yeah. right? We, you know, this is not the only out. Yes. If this is the only out, you know, that's and, it's a problem. Yes. He, so he he's. You know, he's been in school until we just pulled him out this six months ago or three months ago. Yeah, homeschooled. Homeschool, online school. Yep, Aiden's on that now because obviously COVID-19 has it, kind of forced us in the direction. We weren't going that direction. Right. That kind of forced us to leave Aiden in where he's, what he's doing, like online schooling. That's what Aiden's at, and I guess you guys are in the same boat. Yep, so. yep. So, you know, and he's, he's taking a shot, right? So he's got, a, you know, I think two, three years. Right. To, to make a name for himself. And if he doesn't, then I think, you know, for our world, and I don't know, you know, what happens in the industry if there's another path for him, but I think probably it's college after that and then see where it goes. And, you, you know, you just don't know, but I think it, at a certain point I pull the plug, right? right? It doesn't make sense to put pressure I, on it. You know, and I yeah. see, you know, we, we see a lot of people that are in there. Yeah, you know, still getting funded by mom and dad in their in their early twenties, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on right. right now? Yeah, exactly. It's not good. Yeah, and you're not doing the kid a favor, right? No, you're doing a disservice to your kid. I think at that point, I feel like uh, so. <laughs> my story was uh, my my dad, 18. I'm Done. out. Yeah. Okay, man. I'll help you a little bit. I'll, I'll help you with parts or something, but. You might want to try to find your own way to get your bike because I can't do it anymore. You're 18, 19 yep. in that realm. Like, hey, man, it's time for you to do it on your own. Um, so that's where I was at. I am now in the industry, so I feel like it's a blend of everything. One, you got to go to the races like you're doing. Yep. You got to spend a shit ton of money. You got to have enough equipment to get you to all of these things because you're putting in 
10 hours a week on the motorcycle, right? So that's wear and tear on the motorcycle. There's all these factors into when are we going to call it and be done, right? I try not to put an age on it. I feel like if I did, it would be before 20 years old. Yep. Because if you truly want to do something as far as a racer in our industry, you have to at least have something by your 20 years old. Yes. These kids like Jet, 17 years old, or back when Trey was 16, or Robbie Rayner and all these guys, it's kind of like an anomaly. You don't see that many kids succeed right. that young. They'll get in. And, and here's what I really want to point out. Just because you make it to Supercross and you make a main event doesn't mean you made it. That's right. Everyone needs to calm the fuck down. That's right. Okay? Because I feel like half of these kids like, yeah, I'm a professional Supercrosser. Dude. You made a main event and made, and made 250 fucking dollars. Like, that is not going to do anything for your life. That's right. The only way that will do something for your life is open doors to do something within the industry. So the time that I'm going to spend with Aiden, I was like, hey, man, if you really want to do this. And we had this, <laughs> we had this little episode yet, uh, Sunday. Aiden crashed at the sand track. Right. Swapped out. A good crash. Uh, he he got up, you know, walked off and kind of got in his knees and bloody knuckles, lips, and but it scared the shit out of him. And the first words out of his mouth, he's like, "I'm done for the day." And I, the first words out of my mouth were, "The fuck you are." <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe where that buffer trainer can come in, <laughs> right? Because because you, to your point, you're right. Right, but and there, there, there might be a better way to deliver it. Absolutely, I'm sure there is. I can probably think of many ways. But my thought process is like, I asked you several times, do you want to become a professional motocrosser? Yeah. Your answer to me is yes, 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 every single time. I said, do you understand what that entails? You say yes, 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 several times. So now here we are. We're living in the moment. Yeah. Here is the test. That's right. You ate shit, a little bit bloody, scared the shit out of you. What do professional motocrossers do? They go back at it. You get back up. You got to go. Yep. If you can physically get back on your bike, you can ride. That's right. Look at Cameron McAdoo. Yep. I thought he was dead. Jesus, that guy. I thought he was dead. I was like, I just saw him die. Right. He raced, podiumed. It's insane. That is what it takes. That Okay, so. That's what it takes. Parents, kids, listening to this, that is making it in our sport. Just because you get to the point, the pinnacle, you have to succeed within that pinnacle. So for me and Aiden, and and Aiden has more opportunity than a lot of other kids. Right. But the, the window is so, so narrow. So narrow. And to your to your point, um, just getting there, like That's a huge that's a huge feat. It's a huge feat. Eh, eh, kind of, right? But I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda <laughs> back you up on what you're saying, right? That is a lot of times like well, I have there's no question in my mind we will get there. Yeah. Right. I got we you know, right now we've got enough money, we can fund this. Yeah. He's working hard enough. We'll get there, mm-hmm. right? Then that it's it's a big jump, like you said, to, to continue to make mains. Make a main a event guy beats a, beat a main event guy versus a podium guy. Different dude. Those two dudes. Two different worlds. Two different dudes. That's right. So that's and and that's when you make it. That's when you make it. Right. right. You're you're a top seven dude all the time. You you made it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a contract. Some people are supplying you things. You're making. Let's let's say let's say somebody's guy like Chris Blows. 50, 60 grand is his salary. He gets free bikes. He trains. That's a life. That's how you start. If you're in that realm for three to four years, yep. Chris is 32 years old. He's still doing that, but he, 
I can guarantee you that's not his sole income. Right. You know? Right. It, it's supplying him money with his winnings and the bonuses that he could make during the winter that he could take off the summer and train to get ready for the next year. It's a bonus job. Right. Yeah. So I, I told Aiden this. This is what I said. We're going to do this uh, 18, 19 years old and see where we're at. And if we're there and we're going to make it, then it's up to you mentally. And this is this is the huge thing, people. Huge. Uh, you can have a trainer like Rob sitting right here in front of me. But Rob or whoever is going to have to know how to help you mentally or someone at some point. That's right. I've never had anyone in my corner my whole life to help me mentally. I had to figure it out on failures after failures after failures to see, oh, shit. 20 years ago when the guy said it was mostly mental, I fucking get it. Yep. So – at 15 years old, now I have to form, you have to form the mental attitude of a child to be a champion. That's right. It's a tough, tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to do. And they, I, I think, uh, to your point, when you talked about Aiden crashing, right? So I'm done. Yeah. And you're like, fuck you are. Right. That, that, that where he goes with that in his head is what, what can determine champion or not champion. Right. right? And I don't know about you, and I'll ask you this too. I feel like you're born with something, a, a champion gene of some sort. I know we can train to be a champion and beat it and, and work, work, work. But I still feel like mentally you either have it or you do not. And I did not have that. I didn't, I didn't have, have that work ethic or that, I don't care. I'm jacked. I'm still going. Right. I didn't have it. Now, my dad had it with normal work, right? but he never instilled that into me, into my racing, you know? What do you think, mentally? I'm, I mean, I personally, I was always too nice, so... Um. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> I saw, actually, I love this story. Yeah. We, were, we were racing a Supercross in South Dakota one time indoors, and Rob, I can't remember, somebody took him out or something. He came back, and he was fucking pissed. Next moto, he went out and just crushed everybody, like blowing people off the track, yes. just smoking people. And I'm like, man, you got to channel that. That's the only time I've ever seen it. Right. He just is too nice of a guy. But I feel like that could, that's in you, right? It's Obviously, in there. It's in there. You needed someone to help you bring it out, whatever yeah. that was, to piss you off on the starting Whoever line. took me out. Thanks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all of these factors are within, like, the decision you have to make as a parent, and this is what I wanted to bring up on this podcast too, because you're in this amateur world, you see a lot of people doing it, and you have hundreds of people, thousands of people doing it, and tens make it. Tens. Tens. Like, there is right now 10 dudes, 11 dudes making it as a career out of how many fucking professionals? A lot. Well, and they're, uh, yeah, right, and that's and that's only a short time career. What's a what's the average life expectancy? Not life expectancy, but like career what's, what's your career expectancy yeah. of a motocross racer? Right, eight years, maybe, maybe six years, eight right. years, and those dudes. I mean, a lot of those, even the top ten dudes, aren't making enough to set them up for life. There's a few dudes that are right, exactly. Yeah. So, to bring me to the point here, it took me a while. I use motorcycling, motocross, amateur racing, all of these things, because my dad didn't do this. I use it as a tool for Aiden's life. Yep. I use it as a tool to say, yep, you crashed. 
there's going to be a lot of times you walk into fucking work and you crash and it's going to be a shitty day. How are you going to get back on it and move forward? That's right. Uh, now he'll have that relatable thought in his head when, let's say, when he's 28, he's having a shitty day at work and he doesn't make it as a motocross or whatever, and he'll relate it to his dirt bike days. Like, hey, man, remember that time I crashed or a bad day at the race and, you know, there's another day. Sun comes up another day. you got to push on. That's right. Bad, a bad day, you know, a bad injury, bad day at motocross, and you get back on, you know, shattered tib-fib, six months off the bike, you get back on the bike, and you go at it again. Like, a bad day at work? Nothing. It's nothing. Nothing. Right. That's right. How many uh, 16-year-old kids are wired to be like, oh, hey, man, I broke a bone. I, I, when can I get back on my bike? <laughs> yeah, right. Usually, in a normal setting, parents are freaking out. Oh, my God, he broke his leg. I'm never going to do that thing again. That's I'm, right. So, mentally, get your... It's just a collarbone. I yeah, hear that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a yeah. oh, femur, it's fine. It's put a rod in it. I'll be good in three months. <laughs> yep. It's insane. So uh, for me, like, I use it as a tool for Aiden's life. And right now, is that your phone ringer? It is, but I actually, it, I turned it off. It just rang. It knew that it would piss you off if it rang. So it rang even <laughs> though I have it on silent. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great song, by the way. <laughs> use the, the tool, the motorcycle. As a release, because let's say you don't make it in a motocross world. You need some type of release without getting into drugs or other shit. That's right. For me, I, I had a little broken pinky. I didn't ride for two fucking weeks. And this is no bullshit. Mentally, of course, I'm an asshole, right? That's, that's a given. Heather has to be in my ass a lot. But physically, I feel like shit. Yep. I feel like I'm sick. Like, I'm like, just, I feel like I'm sick, right? And then I get on a bike. I'm like, oh, my God, dude, I'm back to normal. Like, this is my life. Yep. Like, no matter what, I leave this sport. I'm done with industry. I go get a real fucking job. I know that this is going to be with me for the rest of my life. Right. So, parents out there, don't worry about your kids making it. Do the right thing. Um, have a trainer. Uh, make sure it's the right trainer. Do all the right steps. And that's no guarantee he's going to make it, but your kid's going to make it in life. Your adult is going to make it in life because it teaches you so much shit. I don't know if you can expand on that, but th to me, yeah, that's man. I like as you as you say that. I just start like images start going through my head. But it's again, it kind of goes back to that first thing I said. If you're making sacrifices that you don't want to make to be in this sport, it's a mistake. Right. If you're making sacrifices because you want to be in this sport, because of the lifestyle, because of what it does for you, what it does for your family, what it does for your kid. Those are the right sacrifices to make. And it's all the same stuff. It's just perspective. But that perspective is so important because yeah. there's no, I mean, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is not there. Yeah. I mean, you really take the time to think it through. It well, there, there was a kid that I trained a while back, and his dad always kind of talked about the money. Push that mic closer to your face. There you go. He always talked there about go. the money piece of it. And uh, he's like, honestly, we're just buying memories. He's like, it's it's a great time with the family, um, and I want to see him do the best that he can. So, in the end, you know, all the money we spend is just buying memories that we can talk about later in life. That's a great that's a great uh, analogy and phrase and everything. Because for me, uh, I, I mean, I've expressed it to you guys. I get angry, I'm pissed, I'm driving across the country, I'm this sucks, this is bullshit. <laughs> but like, I look back on it. Never really got to do it. Never got to do that with my dad. Yep. My dad went local, local, local because he had to work. He didn't want to go drive me somewhere Sunday because he had to get up at five in the morning to go work on Monday. Right? I get that now because I'm older. Absolutely. But like, 
the the memories that Aiden's going to have of me and him doing all of this shit, like, it's insane, yep. right? So when I'm dead and gone, he's going to do something like that for his own children. Yep. And that, it, it, in an even a better manner than I did. That's, that's right. That's how I feel. Like, because my dad did certain things. I took the good within what my dad did and improved on the shit that he didn't do that great with. That's right. right. So I... I want to I want to say one thing though as I as I'm listening to all of us talk yeah and for for anybody especially that hasn't been in this sport for very long it might sound like everything's roses oh and and bunny fields like, <laughs> like even as even as I talk you know we talk about the memories all this stuff like I I I can speak for Chris there's moments where I've lost my shit with yeah. my kid with Rob I can attest we. <laughs> Like you know, weeks, months at a time, where I'm just in a in a dark space because of moto, because it, you know Jackson's not finding success, it's costing me money, all that, right? Like, right. but at the end of the day, like, and we're all there. So as a, as a parent, don't think like that. Well, you're doing it wrong because you have those dark moments because that's just part of that's part of the process. Yes, it, and it, it just is. And those moments can come in all shapes or forms. That's right. It could be your kid. It could be getting to the race. It could be the wife. It could be. Parts that didn't show up. I mean, it could just be anything, right? Yeah. And it's all part of uh, this whole journey that we take as wanting to better our kids through motocross. Yeah. That's how I feel. I agree. And yep. part of that is having a trainer that knows his shit that can relate to your kid or... Or the I, I, hate to, I hate to really say kid all the time because I see so many older dudes yeah. with trainers because yeah. I get asked all the time at the track, hey, would, would you mind training me? Can you train my kid? Hey, do you, do you do lessons? And Rob, you know what I say? Fuck that. <laughs> You want to know why? Why? I don't have the patience. Yeah. Like, we can it sit there and talk about patience. it, and, and it's, it's, it makes for good radio, but, like, to physically, I do it with Aiden, and I don't really like it. And it's yeah. everything you have. Yes. Yeah. And, and he listens, actually, so that makes it easy, but for having these kids that you see you're really trying to help, and they don't listen, I'd be really hard-pressed to do that for myself. It's just figuring out how to relay the information. Right. And it does take a lot of patience because there are certain kids out there that learn differently. And you really have to figure out how they learn. Um, I had I had this kid that I trained. I still train him quite a bit, but he was the most stubborn kid. He would I would say, go try this. And he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, what? So I try, I finally figured out how he ticked and was able to get crack through past that but that's impressive because yeah i would have looked at him and he would have told me no i would look at the dad i go you're a piece of shit yeah i'm out yeah yeah for sure I, your parents are fucked that's what i would have said <laughs> there was a couple of times where i said okay you're wasting your parents money so you guys you can go home right but, i mean that's kind of what it took to get through some of that yeah so for you guys out there listening find the right trainer do the proper um leg work to find something you know someone out there that is uh, going to mesh with your child or even mesh with yourself. So, And, yes, I do feel like trainers are important. Um, I guess I should take that back. I had a trainer, Seji. Yep. I still have him to this day. He's I've had him for eight years. But yep. he did nothing for me on the bike. He just gave me a path through what I need to be doing. Because, like most men, you need to point us in a fucking direction, and yep. we'll go that direction. If you give us the option, we'll just spin – and we'll just pick something and it'll be the wrong road. Yep. So for me, I'm so busy with testing and riding and I have no problems busting motos and all that shit. But I need someone to say, okay, well, since you rode an X amount today, you only do this. Yeah. I think that's important and you're one of those guys as well. Like, 
you can do the physical standpoint, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I like to grind too. So it's yeah. You're, uh, you're not scared to go run fucking twelve miles. No, no. Right. Well, that's part. I mean, we Rob left a part out of his history too. But I mean, he's a certified. Yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science too. There so I went. I went to college after my. I did not know that motocross career. Wow. Yeah. It just keeps getting better over yeah, here. Just deep. It's right. A, it's a deep well over there. Nice guy. <laughs> can whip. Uh, loves his his newborn children. Like that's rare. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There's all kinds of things. So uh, I'm start. Actually, I'm, now that you say that, I'm starting to think that maybe there's something more weird about him that I haven't uh, <laughs> completely figured out. Yet. And we're just digging. We're like, oh, hold on. There's something at the bottom here. We're gonna get to. It. We're gonna crack you. We're gonna get it. No, but going. I listen. You were you were saying it. Going back to it. Find the trainer that works for for you. Right. Like the, you and your family and your lifestyle. Yeah. That's what's important. I think that's also, like, for me, that's the most problem. I'm a big uh, advocate of human beings. Like, mm-hmm. look at the human being first. Me too. Rider second. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, because you can always live with faults and uh, blemishes with good human beings. Yep. It's, I don't care if you're fast or good at or explaining something to my kid. If you're a piece of shit, yep. I'm out. Absolutely. There's a lot of those out there, too. <laughs> There's a lot of those out <laughs> There's there. There's a lot of those. So to wrap this up, how okay, so Jackson is racing B-class this year? Yeah, 250B. So And then we you just got back from bar area bar. qualifier? Yeah, bar to bar. And you guys are qualifying out of the Midwest? No. Um, we're doing Mid-East, Mid-East and North Central. Okay. So this is, this is a kind of an interesting thing, too. We have... Uh, they picked like so. I'm out of it, uh-huh. right, Robin? Because I'm not driving, right? So I don't care. Fuck <laughs> they so they talked about it, and, and Jackson picked the tracks that he wanted to like regional at, mm-hmm. and it's Millville and Redbud. So they went to the areas, <laughs> two of that, the best tracks, right? So and right. It, it's it's not just about qualifying; it's about where can I go ride and have a good time, and where do I want to be, right? That's all part of it. Yep. Yeah, that's part of the enjoyment and uh, to get yourself there. And, and when you're there, you need to enjoy what you're doing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, this has been the RockyMountAtvMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. Please support the advertisers. It's only seven minutes of your life in the commercials, and there's some fun commercials in these things. Heather is in them a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, you didn't know that you're in there. She's looking at me. <laughs> Happy birthday to Heather. We're Happy doing this birthday, on your birthday. Heather. Happy birthday. It's part of the home life thing. You're letting me do some work on your birthday. That's very, very nice of you. But uh, support these advertisers because they keep this show up and moving. We can talk shit about our kids as well as learn stuff about dirt bikes. I mean, where else can you do this, right? That's right. It's not even after dark. We could have went after dark, too. <laughs> we could have. Like, you're going camping and you're going to a big race. Are you boning or not in that week-long motorhome? <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Like, there's so many other things that we could talk about. So uh, don't forget, as always, every week, once a week, this show will be up even when I'm on so-called vacation. And as always, go to racerxonline.com. See all the stuff that we do there because the stuff that's on racerxonline.com is different from what's in the magazine. The magazine's 12 issues, 30 bucks. And of course, there's new, there's all kinds of new stickers, shirts. You can go to the racerxonline.shop center. Um, they just put up a couple new shirts as well as hoodies. So Davey is pretty good about doing that. As well, you can go to keyforinktesting.com. We have new merch. That's Heather's job. So Heather at keyforinktesting.com. If it doesn't get to you, yell at her. Not me. I'm out of that whole situation, which I have new stuff for you guys here too, by the way. All right. 
All right, any final thoughts? That's it. That's what we got. That's an hour and 10 minutes of your life. That was beautiful. It was fun. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, All right, guys. You. See you guys later.